welcome back to the Scarlet Fever, the Daily Nebraskans' own sports podcast. March has arrived, which means it's the end of the winter sports schedule and the beginning of the spring. That also means that Big Ten championships and national championships for a whole bunch of winter sports are just around the corner or have already been completed. I'm your host, Joseph Meyer. Alongside with me is my co-host, Gavin Struve. Gavin, it's March. It's one of our favorite times of year as sports fans. How are you doing today? Oh, yeah. Drinking it in. Um, this is probably the some of the best spirits we've been in this podcast. I can see I can see some hope in your eyes. Um, <laughs> in a matter of days, we'll both be done with classes for nine days. Yeah. Um, which is a good chunk of time. And um, both be respectively on spring vacation um, outside of the still pretty cold confines of Lincoln, Nebraska. Um so yeah, I mean I'm it, and then obviously basketball. Yeah, best basketball of the year. I'm jacked. Absolutely. Up. Yeah, it's it's March. It's still a bit chilly out, but uh, you're headed up to Chicago for the Big Ten men's basketball tournament. I will be headed down to uh, the beach down south and uh, watching from there, watching some beautiful March Madness basketball from uh, from the sand. So it's gonna be a great time. Um, let's just dive straight into it. Uh, you are going to the Big Ten tournament this upcoming weekend what are you most looking forward to being there it's finally a nebraska team that's worth sending the daily nebraskan to the big 10 tournament they could make some noise uh what are you most excited about yeah that's probably the thing i'm most excited for is seeing how um nebraska fares um against you know the the great morass of good but not great big 10 teams Mm -hmm. um so when we went i went two years ago um, when it was in Indianapolis and Nebraska lost in the first round. Um, and I really enjoyed staying um, the next couple of days and seeing the other teams. Um, and so I plan on doing that this year as well um, in Chicago. But uh, this year, Nebraska actually has a chance for a real run, it looks like. Yeah. Um, I had told you earlier, and I guess I we shouldn't have been surprised about it, but Nebraska is the winningest team of the Big Ten since February 1st. Um, by I think at least a game um, so I mean that's on paper evidence of how hot they've been relative to um, the rest of the conference and it seems like as the season progressed the middle of the Big Ten the upper middle kind of came back to Nebraska um, the pack kind of came back to them right and just to see the way that this team has regressed to this point I think before that February 1st mark if, if you would have told me that we were going to go to, or at least you were going to go to Chicago and watch a team that could very well make some noise. I think we'd both kind of say, yeah, well, it, that's, that's, a, that's not going to happen this year. Uh, but that, that's where we're sitting at. It has been a incredible stretch from that date um, with only the loss to the two Michigan schools, Michigan and Michigan State. Yeah. Everyone else uh, that faced Nebraska came up on the wrong side of the stick. Um, one of those teams was Minnesota. That's who they're playing first. One of those teams was Maryland. That's who they would play next. Um, so just talk about what what you see going into this. Obviously, we both think that they can beat Minnesota. Not an easy matchup, though. As you like to say, hard to beat a team twice. Yeah, third time here. Times. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Minnesota, far and away the worst team in the Big Ten. Um, but for being the worst team in a power conference, they're not, like, they're not historically bad by any means. Um, they're not... 
an absolute gimme as we saw with them beating Rutgers, um, a likely tournament team. Um, certainly a that tournament would be team a before big, that loss. That would be a big fall off for Rutgers to be here. Yeah. Um, so they beat them last week. Uh, we saw they almost beat Wisconsin a few days later. Um, they won at Ohio State uh, like a month ago. Ohio State's not terrible, certainly not great. But yeah, Minnesota, um, Nebraska can't go into this game expecting to just advance and um, play better teams. It needs to take Minnesota as seriously as possible because if they lose this one, I mean, for as well as their season ended, any NIT hopes even are completely out the drain. They finished 500 um, with a, I think what would be a quad three loss, maybe worse. Um, I could crunch the numbers, but certainly not a good yeah. mark on the resume. That would be a, you know, a spoiling way to end the season, really sour end to kind of a incredible stretch here. But let's talk about the latest two games since our last episode of yeah. this stretch. Michigan State game, one of the most incredible environments we've ever been at, at least for me, probably the best environment, um, certainly for basketball. And then the Iowa game where <laughs> season sweep of Iowa for the first time in a long time, beating the Hawks in Iowa City, an incredible feat especially given the fact that uh, McCaffrey likes to just shoot the lights out against Nebraska every time. Um, but what, what did you see? Because that Michigan State loss was kind of – the buildup was so incredible to that mm -hmm. game. And Hoiberg talked about it post game. He said, we have been ready for – we've been ready to come off of wins this whole stretch. They'd been on this incredible run. Every win, they put it behind them. What did you like how they put that loss? It was a very sobering loss. It was a disappointing loss. Kind of felt like the whole world had crushed down. What did you like how they responded to that Michigan State loss and brought it into the Iowa game where they shot <laughs> Michigan State shot lights out against them. Nebraska from behind the from behind the arc shot incredibly well against the Hawkeyes. Yeah, on that note, it was kind of because it looked like the been in the game. Nebraska hit its first four threes, and it looked <laughs> like they were just gonna do what Michigan State right. did to them. Um, and it wasn't quite that impressive, but it wasn't too far off. I think fourteen of twenty six. Um, but yeah, I mean, what's what was most impressive, and this is something we've seen um, for a couple of months now, long enough for it to be more than um, a passing happening. Um, it it means something is um, they've been able to play through deficits. Um, they've been able to play when the odds are stacked against them, and when a lot of people would be, you know, consigning this team to defeat when they were trailing Wisconsin by 17 at home. Um, when they were trailing Maryland by eight at home with mm -hmm. like seven minutes left, they've been able to, you know, go to the reservoir, find something to push through. Um, and Hoiberg said, mentioned a couple of times, I think, in, um, that this team is like now battle tested in close games, which definitely is something. Um, and then especially those overtime games, they've won a couple in the last few weeks. Um, playing in those now and having that experience has to be super helpful um, when other teams don't always have that. Yeah, it's, it's one of the one of the first times Hoiberg's been able to say that, I'd say. His yeah. team is prepared for close wins, and that's what they're going to need in the Big Ten tournament. Most impressive thing for me this week was in the Michigan State game, it was the stars and those seniors that really stepped up. Mm -hmm. Walker, Griesel, Tominaga all had big nights, and Lawrence, who has come on incredibly strong as of late. Those four were really the only guys doing much on the floor. Uh, Bryden Box struggled to score. Wilcher struggled to score. Um, Hoiberg, yeah. Hoiberg wasn't. He didn't. He he, got, he had made a couple interesting plays, but nothing nothing major. 
then you come to the Iowa game where that was a full-fledged yeah. team attack. I mean, literally every guy that got on the court made an impact. Um, I've been critical of Wiltshire and Breidenbach a lot this year. I just feel like their minutes are often empty minutes and, and other teams go on big scoring runs, which I still have that opinion. But against Iowa, it was impressive to me how some shots that usually aren't going down against other teams and, and when, those, when those bench guys come in, Iowa could have made a run. Those shots were falling. An impressive team performance. Loved how every single guy on the team seemed to make an impact. Tominaga really was quiet in the second half. Yeah. It didn't really matter because everybody else stepped up around him. Yeah, it was wild because the first half was just dominated by Griesel, Tominaga, and Lawrence to some extent. Um, and those guys were just um, raining threes. I think Casey only made one three, and he had um, a bunch of twos. But um, Griesel and Tominaga combined for 25 in the first half and just two in the second. Um, it wasn't look like it wasn't like they completely fell apart either. But um, you know, Nebraska got some um, got some more from Derek Walker in the second half. Um, his passing was just really impressive. I think mm-hmm. he finished with like eight assists. Um, Lawrence hit a couple more threes. Hoiberg hit a couple threes in the second half. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of all hands on deck, like you said, um, and that really bore itself out on the scorecard when um i think seven guys had nine points or <laughs> yep, more yep all everyone that played more than dawson was the only guy that played that didn't have at least nine points and he played, played two minutes eight guys yeah so impressive stuff there um yeah i wonder if we're going to start seeing um because we've seen a lot of guys get looks um from oleg to mm-hmm. um pretty consistent contributor now um but i wonder if that rotation will start to tighten kind of shorten as we Head into the Ides of March um, in the postseason. That'll be something to monitor. Yeah. I just want to talk about Lawrence because what a what a season it's been for him. I mean, the steady improvement, it seems. I wouldn't say that – that was probably his best game of the year. He's had some great games, but yeah. five threes, he has steadily improved every single step of the way. And to be heating up right now when they need him most um, is, is key, especially going into next year where you have so much uncertainty – of where you're going to get your leadership from. This guy does not look like a, a rookie out there. He does not look like a freshman. He, I mean, he was standing in the face of Iowa defenders and hitting threes. Really impressive stuff from him. I think that bodes extremely well for next year. I know we've talked about it a lot, but again, this team is so much set, so much better set up for next season because of those injuries. And, you know, obviously you would have loved to have Bandamel and Gary all year. But the fact that this team, that these guys are getting key reps and they're going into a tournament where I think they truly believe they can win the whole thing. I don't think there's a guy in that locker room that says, look at these Big Ten teams. We have been competitive against every single mm-hmm. one. Now, outside of the locker room, you and I don't believe that. None of the media believes that. But in that locker room, they're playing meaningful basketball this late into March. That is going to be huge for the development of the team. I think that Iowa game showed it perfectly where last year they beat Wisconsin to finish off the year, but it didn't mean anything for them. It meant something for the team, but it didn't mean anything for their actual postseason chances. That Iowa win was massive for their NIT hopes. Um, You are, you know, you've been diving into the NIT possibilities all season. Where are they at in that tournament push right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we talked about on the pod a couple weeks ago that the NIT is just so hard to project because – you got to factor in which teams are going to miss out on the NCAA. Um, so quick debrief. 
Um, I don't know if we did this last time or not, but it's composed of 32 teams, and every team that wins their conference regular season but doesn't win the conference tournament, um, which is pretty much just the mid-majors, get a bid to the NIT. That usually looks like about 10 teams a year. Um, there's already six right now. Um, so it, I guess we'll see how many that ends up being. But last year, there were 21 at-large bids to the NIT. The year before, um, or the last time they had a 32-team NIT, which was like three years before, was 22 at-large teams. So that, I mean, that's a lot of teams. So you would think Nebraska has a shot. Um, so I kind of ran through the teams that um, would for sure be ahead of Nebraska. So you got to look at the teams that are on the bubble, off the bubble. Um, so I, I took the teams that are on the wrong side of the bubble. Do you want me to run through them? Quick yeah, let's, let's hear them. Think? So I went based off um, ESPN Bracketology, kind of basic, I know, but uh, Bracket Matrix, the all-encompassing one, didn't have a ton of bubble teams on it. So here's what we got for teams they don't have in the field. Um, Oklahoma State, Wisconsin, Arizona State, North Carolina, Michigan, Clemson, Oregon, Vanderbilt, Texas Tech, North Texas. Um, so those are all the teams that would for sure get in the NIT before Nebraska. And then these are the teams that are probably very similar standing. UAB, New Mexico, Washington State, Florida, Seton Hall, Utah, Villanova, Wake Forest. Um, a lot of those teams have very similar resumes, maybe less quad one wins than Nebraska, but are higher in the metrics. Um, and then teams that it wouldn't be inconceivable if they bumped Nebraska out. Colorado, who beat Nebraska in the exhibition game, if you remember. <laughs> um, UCF, Cincinnati, Santa Clara, St. John's. So that's a lot, um, but I figured it'd be interesting to look at where they are. And then there's also some overlap with a couple of the teams that won the conference regular season, but not the tournament, could be above Nebraska for the bubble, or NIT at large, sorry, like Liberty, and I think there's one other. Right, and there's also a possibility, like you think that North Carolina would turn down there, yeah, yeah. possibly. Yeah, there's that too. Um, so there's always that possibility. Seems like right now that, you know, I'm not sure how reputable that source is, um, the NY Buckets source that we were looking at, mm -hmm. but it seems like Nebraska would host as currently, and you got to think if they won – you, what do you think they have to do to get in, first of all? To, I would think to, if they beat Minnesota and Maryland, they would get in. Um, if they just beat Minnesota and finished 17 and 16, I would say probably not. Um, I'd be pretty sh I'd be pretty surprised if they beat Minnesota and Maryland and didn't get in. Okay. Yeah, I would too. I think that would. You'd be hard-pressed to leave a team out of the tournament that yeah. has lost – three games since February 1st. That's five quad one wins yeah. and no quad three or four losses. Yeah, I, I would agree there. Um, but there is the possibility of hosting, which would be, yeah. I think would be elect I think would be an awesome opportunity for PBA. The team has been kind of feeding off that energy all year and to kind of finish it off with an NIT game at home. That would be interesting. I don't, has that, to my mind, when was the last time that happened? Has that happened before? They've hosted. I, I mean, we'd have to look into that. Yeah, well, they're in it in 2019, but I don't remember because I wasn't um, attending here yet. But yeah. Yeah, I saw something that uh, there was like a projection that Nebraska would host Villanova in, in an NIT game. That would uh, be an interesting matchup. Uh, they that I would not hosted Butler in 2018 19. Okay. So I don't know why I don't remember that. But. 
Um, I think that was because that that was the year where they were like top twenty five early in the season. Oh, had like two injuries, and so it was a major disappointment that year when they landed that right. MIT. But this year it would um, be, but yeah, a big accomplishment. I also saw something that they could face Tim Miles in the second yeah. round, which would be hilarious. Um, little Mountain West Coach of the Year, Tim Miles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of awards. Uh, Derek Walker, second team, all Big Ten for the coaches poll, mm-hmm. not for the media. Snubbed. What do you read into that? Is that just some uh, Nebraska Nebraska bias, Nebraska hate, or or is that warranted? I don't know. I I, I just have a hard time seeing why you leave him off in favor of Philip Robacha. Um So I think I haven't gotten time to look at the full teams yet. Um, as I've been writing, but so I think Clifford O'Marroy Rutgers center was the guy above him or was the guy in second team. And then Ribracha was third team, mm-hmm. big man, if I'm right. Um, so I think O'Marroy above him is understandable. Um, he wasn't above him according to the coaches. No. Um, but yeah, Ribracha, Ribracha has been like a good center for Iowa, but these guys have like nearly identical statistics. Um, both like just under 14 points per game, both seven rebounds per game. Um, Walker averages more assists. And Walker's like the main initiator. Right. Um, best player on this Nebraska team that swept Iowa. Right. That's NIT caliber. And Rebracha is the... He, he's not the reason Iowa's where they're at. Probably, the I reason. would probably say third best player yeah. on Iowa. Yeah, I I would agree there. Interesting that the coaches had had him that... View, view him that much more favorably. Mm-hmm. Than the media. I mean, if he was like third team for yeah, the like, media, but if, if he was second for coaches and third for media, that's like understandable. Sense. But like, there's a pretty big discrepancy mm-hmm. from second team to not even being on the third. Yeah, and then Tobinaga getting um, honorable mention. It's a nice little nod. Yeah, I did see they. I don't. We talked about this earlier. I saw that they do have a six man, but he's not a six man anymore. So, well, how they do it. Yeah, because it was Peyton Sanford for Iowa, who's, I would say, deserving. But um, how they usually do it, I don't know exactly for the Big Ten, is um, if you play less than half your – if you play over half your games coming off the bench, you're eligible. Mm. And so I don't know if it's different for the Big Ten, but he's, believe it or not, for as many games as he started down the stretch, um, 18 of his 31 games, he's come off the bench. Interesting. So he should be eligible. Was that because Wilch – I guess it was because Wilcher was starting – Every game, yeah, at the beginning of the season with Ben Mel and Greasel. So that's, and I would, that's your three guards right there. I would 100% give Keisha the nod over Sanford. Yeah. I think he's the epitome of a six man. Absolutely. Um, you could make the argument that Keisha, what he's doing now, this crazy run has been as a starter, but I mean, he's been the better. Right. He, bigger, he's bigger the, story. Better. He's player, your quintessential six numbers. man bringing energy to the team when he checks in the game. Um, but yeah, I'm absolutely excited for this Big Ten tournament, not just for Nebraska, but for all the storylines because, I mean, truly nobody knows what's going to happen. There is not – there. This, I mean, I can't remember a time where the Big Ten was this wide open. Obviously, mm-hmm. Purdue is the favorite, but they have not look, They have looked vulnerable as of late. Um, seems like every team <laughs> – we were, I mean, we were just joking about this last week where it's like you expect a team to be there um, – and like Maryland, you you wanted to put them up at the top of your rankings. Yeah. They lose. It seems like whoever's at the top is gonna is gonna fall off. Um, 
even Minnesota and Ohio State kind of kicking it into gear here as yeah, of late. making it even more of a cluster. Which is just crazy. So I'm absolutely thrilled. Going to be hard not being jealous of you getting to see all these teams in person. How many, I guess, who have we? Not, who have you not seen in person yet? That's a good question. Uh, Indiana um, hasn't come to town. Michigan hasn't come to town. I think, I don't know what other games. Indiana, Michigan, um, Rutgers, Nebraska only played once, correct? Okay, true, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess I've seen over half of them. Northwestern game I didn't go to. Okay. Yeah, um, and I guess Minnesota game I didn't go to, or Purdue. Those are the three games I didn't go to. Oh. So I guess I've probably only you, seen. So this might be your best teams. Big Ten power rankings of the year after yeah. the 10s. So you'll drop. actually get to uh, see these guys in person. Uh, anything else you're looking forward to? Any other wisdom you have before you depart for the Windy City? No, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to, as I said, seeing um, who sorts themselves out of this and kind of merges. Um, I'm just looking forward to watching all these games, which should be closely contested. Um, a small part of me wishes there were, like, more elite teams in the Big Ten True. to watch. Um, but, again, like, we're entering these games with absolutely no idea of who's going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably going to oust myself because this is going to be way off, but I filled out a bracket for fun um, <laughs> the other day, and I put Michigan and Penn State in the final. Wow, so that is awesome. The, that would be incredible. I think eight and ten seeds. So we'll I would I would not be surprised if Michigan, because it seems like everything's gone wrong for Michigan this year where they just can't finish, and it would just, it would just make so much sense for them to just all of a sudden learn how to perform in the clutch mm-hmm. and, and win <laughs> the Big Ten tournament. Um yeah, it's going to be an incredible time. The last week was crazy as well. Like, so yeah. many overtimes. Um, the Penn State buzzer beater. Um, Indiana, Michigan, over double overtime. Some just crazy finishes. Dude, once the calendar turns. It's... It, it, it is March. Uh, all around basketball, too, there's just been so many buzzer beaters, yeah. even before we got to conference tournament play. Yeah. So I'm excited for a crazy, uh, crazy uh, March Madness, even if Nebraska isn't in it. But there's always the opportunity for the NIT. Uh, anything you want to talk about the men's before we get into women's? No, I think we hit on it all. So the women, um, kind of in this, a better situation technically, but it doesn't feel quite as good because of the preseason expectations mm-hmm. and kind of the underperforming that they have had of late. Lost to Michigan State in the first game of the Big Ten Conference Tournament. Kind of a disappointing loss. Felt like there were opportunities where they could have taken it. Two really good, I'd say one one great look, a, a decent look at the end, but two looks to tie the game at the end, and, and neither fell. Looks like they're going to be out of the tournament this year. Um, but that does mean NIT. So we could have two NIT teams. I don't know when the last time that happened either. I need yep. to work on my Nebraska basketball history. Um, but what it, what's – I guess what's your what's your opinion of this Nebraska team? They've won two games at the end, like we with like we knew they needed to, but ultimately they hadn't done enough in the regular season to lose in the first round against Michigan State. Yeah, it's it's tough like going into the season with these kind of expectations um, and the opportunity to stack back to back NCAA tournament appearances um, for the first time in um, a few years at least. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's still a good team. It's disappointing how it ended. Um, we were talking kind of the inverse of the men's team where they the women lost five of their last seven, mm-hmm. whereas the men won five, won five of six. Um, so um, while they're, the women have still have the 
better body of work, even though they have near identical records and they're way higher up in the metrics, which still doesn't fully make sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely looking like they'll be relegated to the NIT. Uh, they're still first four out on ESPN's bracketology, um, but I don't see it happening with the way they finished and their record. Uh, so again, NIT wouldn't be the greatest disappointment in the history. Mm. Um, and they would for sure host, is that? Yeah, they'd probably be, you would think, a one or two seed. Yeah. Which would be, you know, kind of a somewhat of an honor. Yeah, it would so. be exciting. More basketball in Lincoln, I think. Mm-hmm. At this time, just I think the basketball, the hunger for basketball seems like it's at a, as a high for the long, as, for, as long as I've been here. I don't know about yeah. you, but for both men and women's, it seems like, at least compared to last year for me, just so much more talked about on, on a grand scheme. Um, I think I did, Matt Rule visiting the team today before yeah. they left. That's that. That's something we did not see with Scott Frost. So very two to very different characters there. But I think he's kind of played into this whole, especially over the last couple of weeks, this whole like Nebraska is Nebraska, and all the sports teams kind of support each other, which I think has yeah, been, it's cool. Has been cool. Um, speaking of other Nebraska sports, there have been, there are a lot of Big Ten and national championships. Lately, we've got uh, wrestling national champion or rifle national championships, track national championships, swim and dive uh, national championships coming up here. But this last weekend, wrestling went to the Big Ten championships in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and it was a great weekend for the team. Uh, much more successful than last year, where. It was tough to talk to Mark Manning afterwards because he was so frustrated with his team's performance. Last year, only one guy made the uh, semi, uh, the finals, um, even though they had a couple guys in the semis. It was a really disappointing finish. But this year, five wrestlers went to the the finals, which was incredible performance. Um, And although Peyton Robb, the only one that was actually favored, in his final matchup, lost. Silas Allred won over Max Dean at 197 pounds, which was a pretty sizable upset because Max Dean is is quite the wrestler. Um, and that was the first Big Ten individual championship since 2015, which surprises me because they've had a lot of opportunities since then. Um, but always good for the team to have that. You know, it's that gap is – was a lot uh, the gap between Penn State and Iowa was a lot lar- a lot smaller this year than I expected it to be. A couple upsets here and there could have jumped Nebraska in a second even had they pulled some upsets in the final in the finals. So an impressive weekend for them. Seven guys going to the NCAA championships. They have a chance to make some noise. It'll be hard to improve on fourth finish last year, but there's always that possibility. Uh, kind of carry on this momentum. Certainly, Rob could win the win win the whole thing. He didn't win the Big Ten, but that doesn't mean that he can't win the national championship. Uh, Silas Allred could beat Max. I'm assuming that they would play again, the, uh, uh, wrestle again, those two, um, because they're kind of just the top of their weight class. But there's certainly a chance here for Nebraska wrestling to exceed uh, expectations, especially for this year. It's funny to say that exceeding expectations is third in the Big Ten. We say it every yeah. time, but they really had a strong weekend. Uh, snuck by Ohio State, who finished in fourth. Michigan, who won the Big Ten last year, finished in fifth, and that was on their home, the their home floor. So an impressive weekend for Nebraska wrestling. Uh, did you? I don't know if you watched any of it, but it, there were some incredible. 
there was no blowouts in the finals. Um, each of the guys, even though the four of them did lose, there were not any blowouts. So it was it was a, it was it was impressive to watch. Yeah, I was catching snippets of it um, as you were watching it while we were content planning on Sunday, um, and then also it was on directly after the um, Nebraska Iowa game mm-hmm. Sunday. So I was listening to it as I was um, writing that. But yeah, um, as you said, third. Doesn't sound the greatest, but um, major improvement upon, was it fifth last year mm-hmm. when they had? Uh, no, it was six. I think it may have been seventh. Oh, yeah, you're right, because it was fifth at NCAAs. Yes. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess based off that, what are your expectations for them at NCAAs? I think there's no reason they can't finish third at NCAAs. Okay. Um, a little Big Ten podium sweep? Yeah. NC State right now is third nationally. Mm-hmm. Um but I just think the the competition in the big in the Big Ten through the regular season builds. That's why Penn State and Iowa are able to be so good because they play really tough competition all year long. Other conferences don't have that advantage. Very similar to what we see in the SEC with football, and you know where you're playing a potential uh, playoff team every week. When you're playing a top ten. When you're wrestling a top ten team every single week, you get out there on the mat. You're you're built for the final. So I think the competition level that Nebraska has faced this year, Big Ten championships are not necessarily the quasi national championships because we saw Michigan win them last year, and then Penn State won the national championships. Uh, I would be shocked if Penn State doesn't win the national championships. They won the Big Ten championships. I would be shocked if Iowa didn't get second. But I think Nebraska can slide in there a third and feel conf- and, and feel proud about themselves. They weren't expected to do this well this year. I mean, last year was kind of the year they went all in. They had three seniors graduate that were top ten guys, all Americans. This was kind of the rebuilding year, and they're even better than they were last year. So I think a third finish is cer- certainly possible. Um, it will be improvement on last year. It'll be improvement on their national ranking. But that is a tough spot to be in because anything lower than fourth is a disappointment. So there's yeah. not much room for variance there. If you finish third, it's a good finish. If you finish fourth, that's right where you're supposed to be, and anything lower is a disappointment. Um, but I like their chances. I think Silas Allred winning this weekend was was a big upset, and that I think they can build on momentum off of that. Do you know the last time um, they finished third? I do not. 1992-93. Wow. Yeah. That would be impressive. And they finished fourth since then. Uh, a couple times and they finish like top 20 pretty much every year mm-hmm. but yeah top three would be a major yeah. achievement especially as you said seniors departing um love it who was their top wrestler last year i think Redshirting, yeah. and yeah yeah it'll be i mean it'll be tough but sending seven guys is big um you want to get to a point where you're penn state iowa sending nine or ten guys but seven is pretty pretty strong and i think they do have a good chance to uh finish slotted in there at that third spot. Any other uh, sports you want to get to before we finish up here? I think we touched on it all pretty much. Um, track and field had a pretty disappointing Big Ten championships. Came in the favorites in both. Women finished like seventh. Men finished runner-up, which isn't a complete disaster, but um, they're pretty heavy favorites. So mm-hmm. they'll go to the NCAA championships this week. I think they have 10 individual qualifiers across men's and women's, which is pretty good. Um, and have a chance for both of them to finish um, top 20, top 25 for sure. So uh, interested to see how that goes. Yeah, it'll be a certainly interesting week for a bunch of sports. And 
next time we come back, we'll have a Big Ten champion. We will have a NIT schedule for possibly men's and women's Nebraska basketball. So excited for this week of action. Spring break just around the corner. but We will be back right after to break it all down. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time.